Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I felt the snowball collide with my face as I tried to struggle from the ropes to bow my wrists. The guys were taunting me, mocking me. They shouted insults I'd heard a thousand times from them. Trailer trash, welfare kid, gutter rat. Those words used to sting, but now, they were just a part of my morning routine before class. The bell rang and the guys ran off. Finally, I was able to wriggle free and make my way to the school building. But as soon as I got there, the principal, who had been watching the whole thing, stopped me. You're not going into my school dripping wet, Mr. Scott. And so once again, I was late. Hi, my name's Vincent, but people just call me Vince. Remember to post your unique title ideas in the comments below. Give a like to the ones you want to see animated. If your suggestion does well, we'll include you in our special Discord server. Alright, back to the story. I go to a school where the rich and famous send their kids. My family is neither of those things. I only really got in because I won a scholarship grant. Do I wish I never applied? Every single day of my life. Life at St. Cuthbert's was hell. I didn't fit in. I was always looked down on. The kids hated me for always having better grades than them, and the teachers hated me for just existing. In their opinion, someone like me should have never even been allowed to be a student there. To them, I was some sort of smudge on the perfect, manicured, expertly created face of the school. I had one friend, and that was the owner of the school. So unfortunately for all my haters, no matter how hard they tried, none of them could get rid of me. Otherwise, they'd have to justify it to Mr. Gollenberger. It was a weird friendship I had with Mr. Gollenberger. He was the one who chose me to win the scholarship. He picked me from thousands of kids who applied, and ever since then, we kinda became close. On occasion, when he'd come out of his office, we'd hang out and talk about all the things we liked. And it turned out, I had the same interests as a middle-aged man. Another thing that bonded the owner of the school and I was the fact that we lived the same life. Back when he was young, Steve, as he keeps trying to make me call him, was just as poor as I was. But one day, a man whose windshield he was cleaning took him in and gave him a better life. I chose you because you remind me of myself. I chose you because I'm paying it forward. What that man did for me, I want to do for you. That's what he always tells me. I'm deeply grateful to him. And even though life at St. Cuthbert's was hell, it's my appreciation for what Steve has done for me that has kept me going. And it's also why I never tell him the bad things that happened to me there. But it's when Steve would go on extended business trips that my tormentors would really have their field day. With him gone, they felt more bold and would do the best they could to get me to drop out. My teachers would pick on every little thing I did. They would find a reason to punish me and put me in detention. Meanwhile, my classmates would steal my books, throw away my shoes, or superglue me to chairs. They would just collectively make every waking moment of my school days a nightmare. But I hung in there, because I knew 
One day, I would be out of there for good. I just had to stick it out. One particularly difficult day, someone who smelt of lavender walked into the room. She looked at me and smiled, and a teacher introduced her as a new transfer student. All the guys immediately pushed whoever was sitting next to them and offered their seat to her. But the girl kept smiling at me as she walked towards the seat next to mine. Ahem, <clears throat> Ginny, are you quite sure you want to sit there? I suggest you take the seat in front next to Mr. Humbleby. He'd make a fantastic seatmate. I totally would. No, thank you, Miss Holden. I'd rather sit here. I assure you, you won't have a pleasant time. Vincent Scott is a lowlife. He reeks of desperation and poverty. You don't want any of that rubbing off on you. Ginny just smiled sweetly at Miss Holden and then at me. And as if to mock everyone else who was telling her what to do, she happily plopped herself next to me and shook my hand. Ginny, nice to meet you. The pleasure's all mine. I saw Ginny's cheeks turn pink, and it made my heartbeat go a bit faster. I smiled to myself. Ginny and I became fast friends. It helped a lot that we liked the same weird things. Every guy in the school hated me for it, though. They all wanted to date Ginny, and yet somehow, Ginny only wanted to spend time with me. One day, the guys from the polo club cornered me into the cafeteria. I was headed to Ginny's table and they cut me off. Where are you going, wealthy? Yeah, where are you going? Just let me eat my lunch in peace, guys. We decide how you eat your lunch, loser. And I think today, you're eating it off the floor. Like the cockroach that you are. Oops, my bad. Trevor took the tray of food and flipped it over, dumping all of my lunch onto my shoes. Seeing all that, Ginny stood up and came to my defense. She slapped Trevor and when she did, the whole cafeteria which was previously laughing at my misfortune suddenly went ghostly silent. Nobody had ever laid a hand on Trevor. His dad was a senator. Trevor huffed and puffed and then he pushed Ginny until she fell over. Who do you think you are? How dare you touch me, you nobody? Do you know who my dad is? When Trevor pulled at Ginny's hair, I knew I couldn't just let it go. I had to do what I had to do. Trevor and his friends all sported black eyes after that lunch, and I was sent to Steve's office. He flew down from a very important conference after receiving multiple calls from the parents, and he was very disappointed when he spoke to me. Ginny was there to defend me, but I guess the decision was already made. I'm sorry, my boy, but my hands are tied. You could have spoken to me about this and I could have done something, but... But violence, you know my one rule in this school. Violence is never the answer. I have to expel you, dear boy. I wish I didn't have to. You know how much I believe in you. But hitting those kids? I can't simply let you off. The parents would say I'm showing favoritism. If it was Trevor's father alone, I could have handled it. But these are all people of influence, and they could ruin this school. I understand, sir. I'm sorry. Not as sorry as I am, son. Suddenly, Ginny burst into the conversation. But Dad, he was just defending me. Dad? As if neither of them heard me, they continued. Be that as it may, all the witnesses are unwilling to say that. Even the teachers who were there will not stop repeating that it was Vince who started it. But you know it's not true. He's your dad? And again, they continued as if they hadn't registered my shock. I know it's not true but hundreds of pupils and nine teachers saying otherwise puts me in an impossible situation, sweetheart. Ginny stomped out of there, kicking a vase over on the way out. I shared a hug with my first friend at that school and apologized to him again for causing all that trouble. 
I could swear I saw his eyes well up. But what he said to me as he said goodbye will stick with me forever. People who have everything will always hate those who have nothing and it still are happier. Never let them bring you down. And one day, you will be the one laughing. It turned out, Steve was right. Just before graduation, Ginny came to find me at my job at the gas station. She gave me an envelope, and when I opened it, I tried to immediately give it back. But Ginny insisted I use it to show everyone they shouldn't have messed with me. I was still reeling from the fact that my best friend turned out to be Steve's daughter. And now, my world was turned upside down again when she handed me a check for $20 million. I knew Steve was a billionaire, but still, this much money? I knew exactly what to do with it. I gave some to my parents, and the rest, I used to show Trevor and his buddies why they should never mess with me. I started my own corporation, a group of different businesses. In every location of each business that Trevor and his friends' families owned, I put up stores of my own, right next to theirs. Stores that were directly in competition with whatever business they owned. I made my prices significantly lower than theirs, and within weeks, those businesses tanked. I kept buying businesses to compete with their family's businesses. I made friends with all the financial brokers and bankers in our area. And with those connections, I convinced the banks not to lend those families any money to save their businesses. And soon enough, all their businesses went bust, and Trevor's friends went bankrupt. As for Trevor's dad, I had him followed. I had an investigator dig up some dirt, and it turned out Mr. Senator had been embezzling money for decades. In one fell swoop, I leaked the papers and Trevor's dad was impeached. His family was in disgrace and nobody wanted to help them. Even after all that, I still had lots of money to spare. So I started my own foundation, an institution dedicated to helping kids like me. It was my turn to pay it forward. And this time, I was going to make sure unfortunate but talented kids would have the same opportunities as those kids who come from money. Steve and I work closely nowadays. St. Cuthbert's recently passed a bylaw that prohibits any kind of discrimination amongst its students. His school is one of my biggest partners. This year, St. Cuthbert's will have 58 scholars from my foundation. Oh, and by the way, Ginny and I realized we were soulmates. We got married after she graduated. sweet little Jake. I'm glad you're back. I missed you so much. These were the first few words I heard from my mom after a seriously long sleep. But why couldn't I move my body? Oh my god, was I paralyzed? A doctor appeared and told me everything. Oh Jesus, I'd been in a coma for five months. Yeah, you heard me right. Not five days, not five weeks, but five freaking months. The good news was that I wasn't paralyzed. I just needed some therapy to strengthen my muscles. So you're probably wondering how I ended up in a coma. Me too, so I asked my mom. Sweetie, you had your headphones on and you were singing along to some tune. You were so loud I could hear you outside while I was gardening. So I waved at you to quiet down, but you tripped over your sneakers, fell out the window, and knocked your head on the flower pot. What? That was so dumb. Why couldn't it have been something cool like I took on a mugger or tackled a shark or something, huh? Anyway, therapy became the norm for me. 
But where were my dad, my girlfriend Jenny, and my best friend Ben? None of them visited me, not even once. And they were all ignoring my calls and messages. I asked mom about it, and she told me dad was on a business trip. Ben had moved towns, and I'd already broken up with Jenny before the coma. Huh? We'd broken up? That couldn't be. I didn't remember us breaking up. In fact, the last thing I do remember was sending her a cheesy meme of a cat and telling her she was perfect. <laughs> Boy, this sucked. Finally, I was discharged from the hospital. My first stop was Jenny's house. I pounded on the door, and eventually she stuck her head out and said, J Jake? You're awake? Yeah, exactly. I'm awake. I asked her why we'd split up, and she shook her head and told me we hadn't. The only reason she hadn't answered my calls was that she thought it was a joke. Then she told me to go home, as she was busy at the moment. And then she closed the door on me. Weird. But at least we hadn't broken up. Maybe she was nervous. Oh, and she wanted to do her hair and makeup to look pretty in my eyes. Well, that must be it. It made total sense now. <laughs> Girls are weird sometimes. So I had school tomorrow, but I knew I needed to catch up on the happenings of the world first. So I went online and did some research. What? Pass me the tissues as I was about to cry. My favorite TV show, Supernatural, was over. For real this time? Oh my god. After 15 years, how could they? Oh wow, there was more. Trump wasn't the president anymore. And what's with all this dancing on TikTok? It all gave me a headache, so I went to bed. The next morning at school, I walked into class. And everyone rushed over to me and hugged me and high-fived me. Well, except for Ben. Jeez, talk about a lousy friend. But hang on. Wasn't he meant to move towns? So having my charm, good looks, sporting talents, and the hottest girlfriend in the school made me a super popular guy. No wonder everyone seemed so delighted to see me. It was good to be back. But then my teacher arrived, glared at me, and told me I was in the wrong class. I'd been pushed back to junior year because I'd missed too much school. What? I couldn't graduate with my classmates? Bummer. I sat down with these juniors and oh god... It looked like Dwayne The Rock Johnson was sitting in a kindergarten class. They all looked like little kids in comparison to me. I've never been so relieved for lunch break in all my life. I hurried to the canteen and saw Jenny, so I hugged her from behind. Huh? Why did she have a balloon under her shirt? I stared at her belly in shock. Yup, my girl was pregnant. She burst into tears and started apologizing. The room started to spin and before I knew it, I'd fainted. I woke up in the hospital again. I was seriously getting sick of this place. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The doctor said I should take it easy and avoid stress at any cost. Oh well, I just found out my girlfriend was pregnant after I woke up from a freaking coma. Tell me how am I supposed to not be stressed now? After that, mom took me home. Dad was there. It was so good to see him. I hugged him, but he gave me this awkward look and told me he was only there to pick up some things. 
huh? Where was he going now? And that's when my parents told me the shocking news. They were divorced. What? I mean, I knew they argued sometimes, but this was absurd. Something must have happened while I was in a coma. And what's with my dad's attitude? He barely looked at me. This was weird. It felt like I'd woken up from my coma in a parallel universe or something. Little did I know that it was about to get a lot crazier. The next day at school, I saw Ben's car pull up in front of the entrance. Then he opened the passenger door and helped Jenny get out. Oh, hell no. Now everything was clear. I ran toward them and did a Mortal Kombat punch right in Ben's nose. Damn, it felt good. But it did land us both in detention. I had to sit in a room with that jerk for an entire hour. I couldn't hold it in anymore and needed to confront him. He just shrugged and replied, We thought you were never going to wake up again. Jenny was devastated, so I took care of her for you. Was he serious? He took care of her by getting her pregnant? (laughs) Great job, buddy. There was no way I was ever talking to him again, and I was kicking him out of the basketball team. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that I'm the captain. The next day I strolled into practice and shouted, Yo, your captain's back, and he will lead this team to victory. I expected cheers, but nope. They all stayed quiet and stared down at their feet. Then the coach came over and told me I was off the team for a whole six months. Doctor's orders. And guess who the new captain was? Yeah. No other than my amigo, Ben. Let me get this straight. I was in a coma, so my best pal Ben over here stole not only my girl, but also my position as captain? Wow. Someone put me back in my coma, please, thanks, because this life sucks. No wonder my mom told me he'd moved away. I wish he had. I was so mad and I needed to talk to somebody, so I went to my dad's house. I was about to knock on the door when I heard voices between my dad and a woman coming from inside the house. I sneaked over to the window and started to film them on my phone. But wait a minute. This wasn't some random chick. It was Jenny. We can't hide this from Jake forever. Nonsense. He'll never find out unless you tell him, so keep up the act. Here's the money for this month. Now go. Oh. My. God. I couldn't believe it. Okay, let me put all the pieces together. My dad had an affair with Jenny and the baby was his. So my mom found out and divorced him. Then she lied to protect me. But dad didn't want the baby, so Jenny tricked Ben into believing it was his. Now everything makes sense. Luckily, I had the footage of his traitorous antics. So it was time to threaten him with it. After all, being a local politician, the last thing he would want was for this to get out. I set up a fake email and attached the video with the message, I know your dirty secret, and I'm going to make you pay. He immediately replied that he would pay me $10,000 for the footage. I told him to meet me in the park at midnight to discuss it. I also sent the video to Jenny and told her that unless she wanted this to go viral, she had to go to the park. I got there early and spent a couple hours hiding in a bush while I waited for them. They looked surprised when they saw each other, but nothing prepared them for me hobbling out of the bush. Ouch, leg cramp, and saying, Well, what do we have here? My dearest father and my loving girlfriend having a baby together. I took my phone out and continued. How could you do this to me and mom? I thought it's only right the world get to see this and learn what you're really like. My dad begged me to stop, but I was so mad. So mad that I was about to upload it from my phone when Jenny suddenly shouted. Will you just tell him the truth already? Oh God, there was more? My dad sighed and began to tell me everything. Brace yourselves, it's more dramatic than a soap opera. My parents didn't divorce because of Jenny. They had issues for a while but only stayed together for me. So without me around, they split for good. But dad wasn't having an affair. The baby wasn't his and it wasn't Ben's either. Nope, it was mine. 
but Dad knew his son becoming a dad at such a young age would look bad for his career. So he was paying Jenny to fool Ben into thinking it was his baby. Oh my God, these people were mad. This was too much to deal with, so I ran out of there. I locked myself away in my room and tried to figure it all out. The coma had been bad, but the worst part of it all was that the people I cared about most in the world betrayed and lied to me. The next day, Jenny came to my house and asked if we could get back together. Of course I agreed. Ha! Just kidding. My actual answer was, hell no, not in a million years. I mean, come on, let's do the math, shall we? First, she left me for money, and second, she had an affair with my best friend. We were over for good, but I will continue to support her and always be there for our kid. Ben tried talking to me a few times, but I don't want to hear anything he has to say. There's no way I'm ever being friends with that lying jerk ever again. I'm still annoyed that mom lied to me, but I guess I don't blame her. She did it with the best intentions. And she just wanted to protect me. Besides, when the going got tough, she was the only one who stayed by my side. As for dad, it's going to take a long time for me to fully forgive him, but I'm trying. I mean, he did some pretty awful things, but at the end of the day, he's still my dad. So that's pretty much it. Crazy, right? A coma took everything from me, but also revealed the true faces of the people around me. Now I've decided to follow two rules in my life. One, be extra careful of who I put my trust in. And two, never sing near an open window ever again. Hey nerd, be my boyfriend. Do you believe that? Hannah, the hottest girl, whom dozens of boys in my school always dreamed of and pursued, was actively confessing to me. How did a guy with an average appearance like me get her? Listen to this story. I'm Clay, a 16 years old student. At school, no one noticed me because I was simply too plain. I was ugly, short-sighted, and my hair was messy like a crow's nest. Damn puberty made my face full of pimples. As a clumsy, shy kid, I only buried my nose in books, but I got a huge passion for technology. I was a master at coding. But anyway, I was still invisible in the eyes of my crush, Hannah. I had had a crush on Hannah for a long time. Being the captain of the cheerleader squad, she was extremely beautiful and sought after by many, but she rejected them all. Even though we took many classes together, I didn't dare to approach Hannah. It was due to a fateful visit to the library to prepare for a history test that I got a chance to know Hannah. It was quite late that night. When I entered the library, I saw Mr. Lockham, my history professor, sleeping soundly next to his laptop which was still on. He was going to give my class a history test next week. Maybe he was so tired after preparing the lesson that he fell asleep like that. I looked at the computer screen curiously and happened to discover that Mr. Lockham was preparing questions for my class's test. I got lucky. I tried to memorize all the questions and quietly left before he woke up. As I was leaving the school campus, I saw a girl standing alone in the soccer field. It was Hannah. I couldn't believe my eyes. She was smoking. I was quite shocked by that image. She always looked bright, friendly, and exemplary. But now, she looked so tired and lonely. I suddenly had an urge to talk to Hannah, at least to comfort her. I took a deep breath to muster up my courage and approached her. That kind of opportunity only came once in a lifetime. When she noticed that I was approaching, Hannah was startled and was about to leave. I immediately called her name, which made her stunt and turned around, scanning at me from head to toe. She threatened, Don't you dare tell anyone that I smoke. If you do, I'll turn you into a bully target of the whole school, and no one's going to believe you anyway. 
I was even more shocked by her fierce threat, but, strangely enough, I was still attracted to this new side of Hannah. She became much more genuine and interesting in my eyes. Standing in front of my crush in that awkward situation, I just smiled and promised her that I would absolutely keep it a secret. I was about to turn away again, when suddenly Hannah asked, Hey, nerd, are you good at history? I shook my head and said that I was only good at coding. She sighed. Bummer. So there is no one for me to copy their work. If I don't pass the upcoming history exam, I'll lose my position as the cheerleader captain. I already failed other classes. An idea suddenly flashed my mind. My time had come. I boldly suggested, I have a way to help you pass a history test. But on one condition, please be my friend. Hannah just looked at me silently, then laughed. She threw away her cigarette butt and nodded in agreement. I didn't know that was how trouble started. Thanks to knowing the questions in the history test in advance, Hannah and I passed it with flying colours. The two of us became closer because of that. Although we didn't talk at school, when Hannah got home, she took the initiative to text me just like a friend, as she promised. She passionately talked about her training sessions, while I shared my passion for IT. Gradually, we talked more and more about wider and deeper topics. I always listened and encouraged her wherever she needed me to, and it was the same way around from Hannah to me. She said that I was interesting and smart, which no one had told me before. But, most of all, Hannah said that I was special, because I was the only one who saw her ugly side. A rude, gloomy smoker who hated studying. Yet, I set aside all of that, didn't look down on her, and still treated her with openness and sincerity. Hannah revealed that her previous relationships weren't good. Her exes quickly left when they realised she was not as bright and beautiful as she seemed. That was also the reason why Hannah rejected her pursuers. As we shared more, it seemed like there was a real connection between the two of us, and I was ready to go further in this relationship. One day, Hannah met me and bitterly said, I won't be the cheerleader captain anymore, because I'll definitely fail the upcoming tests. During the last semester, I dumped most of my classes to go practicing. She looked so upset that I felt depressed too. After thinking that for a while, I firmly said, No worries, Hannah. I'll definitely help you pass. That night, with my years of IT knowledge, I hacked into the school system and saw all the content of the upcoming exams. Of course, I shared them with Hannah. That way, we easily passed the semester exam. Hannah kept her captain position and continued training. But for me, things were not so smooth. I was caught cheating right after the exam ended. The school system administrator detected unauthorized access from a student account to the system and traced it back to my account. I knew, okay? It was foolish to use my student account to hack, but it was the only account that could bypass the school system's firewall. I had my exam results cancelled and got suspended for three months and had to retake the course in the summer. The first day after being suspended from school, Hannah came to visit me. She was sad and sorry for what happened. At that moment, I was so touched that I blurted out, Do you want to be my girlfriend? But Hannah was startled and immediately refused. I was so hurt and angry. After what I did for her, I was rejected. I angrily sent Hannah home right after that. During my stay-at-home suspension, I didn't do anything but wallow in pain and boredom. I felt like I was being used by Hannah. But after all, what right do I have to be upset? Hannah did not ask me to hack into the school system. I did it voluntarily. That's right. I should blame myself. I'm such a fool in love. Three months after my suspension ended, I went back to school and deliberately avoided Hannah. But when I got to class, Hannah was nowhere to be seen. Not even at the cheerleader's training ground. I worriedly tried to find her everywhere. People just said Hannah hadn't been to school for a long time. What happened? Has Hannah disappeared? I tried to call her, but it didn't work. She changed her number. 
I spent my summer in anxiety until I walked into the exam class to retake my failed subjects, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Sitting next to me was Hannah. When class finished, we went out together. I stared at her with bewilderment. Then Hannah told me everything. She had confessed to the principal that she also cheated on the exam and therefore asked to retake all the classes. She also resigned as cheerleader. That day, she came to my house to tell me that story. But before she could say anything, I got angry and sent her home. After confessing to the principal, Hannah also got suspended for three months. During her stay at home, she tried her best to study for the exam on her own. After hearing that, I felt both ashamed and touched by what Hannah did. We walked side by side on campus, laughing and talking about the past. There were still a lot of exams waiting for us ahead. In the light of the sunset, Hannah pulled out a cigarette and took a long smoke, then turned abruptly to me. Hey nerd, if we pass all the classes together, confess to me properly again, okay? Hannah's words gave me great motivation to try my best. I've become passionate about studying, exercising, and improving my appearance, so that when the time comes, I can confidently confess to her. I also learned that to be with the person I like, it's not just about being bold or doing reckless stuff. It needs paying attention, sharing, and mutual respect. It needs understanding, accepting the good and bad sides of each other sincerely, without judging. Most importantly, a relationship is only truly healthy and durable when two sides work together to become better versions of themselves. Hannah, I wonder if she's going to agree to my love confession. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.